Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. We have George on from Bucket. They're back. How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so this is pretty exciting. You're back. Um, how, so people don't know, you put a killer kick-ass album out. Uh, your first album, Ronald Bucket, was it 89? 90? 90. First, 90, okay, about 90, okay. Um, you've had different albums. Uh, and actually, uh, last time I was talking to somebody who was a Wolfman member, I don't think he's anymore. Um, Brian from um, from Kicks, he was last night is talking. Um, so, you guys have reformed. At this point, who is the lineup right now? Oh, it's the same lineup that we had on the last album. It's there's still Brian. Oh, it is okay. I didn't think yeah. you'd ask him. And uh, and Reeve, the original Reeve Downs, the original bass player, and Dave Bisset who's been with us for, I think it's like almost a decade. So um, it's the same lineup that stopped four years ago. Okay. I didn't know because with kicks doing stuff too, no, no, be a conflict of interest, you know? Right. I mean, at, at, at times there's a scheduling issue, but they've been really kind to us and, you know, we work with them too. And everybody loves Brian. You got mm-hmm. does Brian cook for you guys? Man, he makes some crazy food, huh? Oh. No, he doesn't. No, that's <laughs> a, actually, there's a thing about that. When Brian, before Brian got into this carnivore diet, he was a vegetarian or oh. pescatarian. Yeah, he ate fish, you know, but nothing else. So for um, a decade of touring, if not more, we always had to find him a different um, meal. Oh, that was a challenge. Yeah, especially when you're in Germany and, you know, I mean, they, they like their meat and all that. And now he's like, you know, Mr. I'll eat anything that was, you know, born to be eaten. So I'm definitely going to get back at him about that. My, the tour is going to already be easier for you. So it's, it's worth getting back together again just to be able to tour the world for meat with him. There, there you go. Exactly. Is there any particular reason why you guys you just missing the road? Or, I mean, I know touring is hard, so... It's yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't so much the touring was hard as that uh, I was at a point four years ago where I, you know, I looked at the horizon and I didn't really see um, how to uh, sustain it with the guys. And then, um, and it was, a, it was a hard decision, you know, I mean, it was like years coming, you know, like I was going like, oh, man, because, you know, it, it takes a great sacrifice from everybody, you know, all four of us. Yeah, and then um, so we um, so we stopped, and then uh, at, at a certain amount, you know, we never stopped talking. We were always friends. We were always, you know, I mean, there was no fallout. There was no none of that. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, when I kind of missed having something on the horizon, I reached out to them and said, like, you know. Uh, maybe we should do something, you know, I mean, let's, you know, this is, it's still a good band, you know, we can, yeah. you know, we all get along and all that kind of stuff. So there was, it was a really simple thing. It was, I mean, it was a really simple thing, like why we stopped. We stopped because I watched the sacrifice of myself and everyone around me and it was getting really hard. And then after four years, I, um, I just missed the guys, you know, I missed playing music with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, missed uh, 
playing the songs that we had done and, you know, hopefully write some new ones and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I just, you know, I reached out and I said like, Hey, you know, I mean, are you guys like open to this? You know, because it's kind of, it was a little bit of shocking to them. I'm sure at the time, because yeah. we did that uh, uh, backyard rainbow thing. Okay, and I told them remember. like, yep. like two days before it's like, ah, this is the last one. Um, but <clears throat> when I reached, you know, I mean, we, and we had talked to, you know, just about personal things and friend things. Right. But when I reached out to him about like, uh, uh, what do you think about, you know, playing again? Uh, they were all really positive. And so I was like, well, then let's do it. That's good. I, I think, you know, and what's really hard is the rock market. Everyone will be like, I love you. I love Varna Bucket. But then you're like, I don't always, but then bands don't always see it on the end of like, why isn't anybody at the show? I mean, I was in your town or, you know what I mean? Or the album sales, you know, people love you, but you know, I think there's whole bands that haven't gotten that full on respect. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if it's respect or whatever, but yeah, no, absolutely. There's that where you're like, uh, commercial viability maybe i don't know yeah, you, there you, go, you, you, know. you have peer respect you know what i'm saying but i mean like you're not getting yeah, the no, industry. You're, you're absolutely right you know there's a a good friend of mine scott allen perry who's a writer director actor and uh musician and super talented and lives mm-hmm. in uh i know it's louisiana but i can't remember it's lafayette or new orleans a uh, good friend of mine he coined the phrase that um I personally, George, am six fuck yous away from greatness. <laughs> so, so maybe there's some of that there, you know, because you know we, you know, we we never really played the game as far as uh, you know networking and and uh, trying to be buddies. We have good friends in the industry that you know that we played with and that we know and all that kind of stuff. But so maybe that maybe a little bit of that came into play at some point mm-hmm. where we weren't really willing to um be cheerleaders but uh at the end of the day you know it's about the music and it's about the band and it's about you know if you if you enjoy it or not and, and you know i mean i know that and i've done this a lot i know there's um it's hard to do a gig in front of five people when you wish there were 500 people or 5000 mm-hmm. people but you still do it because you know there's always that one person out of that five or 500 or 5,000 that uh, has waited to see you for 20 years and has driven mm-hmm. 500 miles to see you and you owe them the show because they bought your albums and they, you know, they supported you. And so you kind of, you know, you got to fall back in love with the music. And I certainly did. That, that's, I mean, that's good to hear. There is a gift that no matter what level you are in a band, you you are right. You've you've written a song. You've done something in something. I think is that do and especially artists that can come back like in in kind of the rock genre. I kind of put you everywhere together. Um, whether it be like legacy or heritage from classic rock, all up to now. And I'm not including the, the new rock stuff. <laughs> but I'm saying like because because um, there's a there's a certain loyalty that I think rock fans have. You know, from like yeah. 70s rock, 80s rock, early 90s, and a couple of rock bands now. But you know what I'm saying that'll still move to the ends of the earth because you've done songs that are, are, are part of their memories. You've done, a, you know what I mean, you've touched somebody in a person that, you know, in, in an artistic way that you can't, no one else can do, you know, unfortunately, you know, times you don't always get the, 
the financial revenue back. And that's going to be a challenge as, as, you know, as adult touring, it's going to be hard to tour, you know, when you haven't gotten your just due. Cause um, yeah, you know, I mean, we do all right in Europe. That's why we're going back in Europe. You know, we do good. We do good there. And they have a different type of, uh, I guess a different type of culture is about going out. It's like where, you know, we can play a Tuesday night in a, you know, a town and uh, we'll pack it. I remember those days. I remember yeah. those days when you could do a Tuesday night in America. I think it was 1987. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's it's difficult here, and it's you know, but there's still you know we still want to play America. We still there's still places we want to play, and there's places we want to um, go back to and and meet mm-hmm. our old friends and stuff like that. Um, so right now the focus is just you know getting ready for this European tour, where you know we kind of talking about a new album you know i don't think it's going to happen until 2022 part of the communication that we had between everybody was like you know hey i got this song let me you know listen to it and all that kind of stuff even when there was nothing really on the horizon so to speak and um so it's there oh so that's inevitable then you guys all are songwriters just waiting to (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 really fortunate because and even and sometimes, like if one of us brings a full song into the band, um, because everybody writes, the contribution mm-hmm. level is really good. You know, it's not just like some bands I know they pretty much just are handed the song and then told what to play. And okay, <laughs> that's their input. But then when the bass player's out of the band, the band actually writes the whole album together, and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. said that last night. I love that love the album that they did as a band. But I digress. With your catalog is, and, and I love to do this with, with a band. You can really tell how relevant and how how strong it is. Is you take the first album, and you guys are first busting out last album, and you play them side by side. And so it would have been your your two seventeen album uh, built. Uh, what the heck's it called? I have it written down here. I'm sorry. Oh, the two eighteen uh, uh, last real yeah, rock and roll or something. Yeah, last real rock and roll. Yeah. Those two, side by side, just just no weak spot. It's it's a solid, nothing, no change, like in songwriting. Right, no, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of weak spots in the albums between them, but um, but not not uh, because uh, not because they're weak songs. It's just they maybe we got a little weird at times. Um, well, but but that's, that's fine. Neighbor. I mean, like you have to like explore explore yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that's one of the things I missed is like, you know, people are, you know, some people were talking to me about like, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Do you want to do something else? And um, uh, after some meditation and self reflection, I was like, no, nah, I just want to do Rhino Bucket. And I still think we have songs in the and I think we have a future in us. And I'm glad. I took the four years or three and a half years or whatever it is to kind of like just walk away from it and get a new perspective and a new appreciation of the mm-hmm. band. Um, and now it's time to uh, do something, you know, I, it's, 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 it's like, so um, non-dramatic when we ended, it wasn't, you know, no one had a fit and there was no drama. Like, I think they all kind of felt it themselves, but they also definitely saw it in myself and they were like okay yeah you know we can see this 
And it you know was why? cool. We stayed friends. And now when, you know, restarting, it's like, all right, well, you recharge, you're ready. You're, you know, because you're all mature adults, you know that. That's what it is. It's, it's oh, called yeah. being an adult, and a lot of bands don't always have that. You know, everyone's always mature, you know, take like that. So that's a gift to have all you guys together on the same page, you know. And that yeah. No, it, it helps. <laughs> I mean, we fight like cats and dogs when we're in the, you know, touring. I mean, of course, because you know you do. But we've been doing it for so long, and no one takes it personally. Been doing anything, any, anything musically on the side though, like. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm playing guitar, you know, I kind of try to learn piano a little bit there, but I mean, yeah. I kind of knew piano, but it kind of, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, just playing guitar, listening to a lot of new music, you know, just trying to immerse myself in what's going on. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I mean, I had, a, I had some offers here and there about, you know, doing things with other people, but when it came down to it, I was just like, ah, now, you know, if I'm going to go play, if I'm going to go tour, if I'm going to make an album or something like that, I'm going to, I want to do it with my brothers. I don't want to do it with these people. And, and they were talented people, but they, you know, it's like, I don't, there's no reason for me to go and do that. I don't understand why. I don't, I don't feel that Rhino Bucket was done in that respect. I feel that, you know, I just stopped it, but you know, we weren't certainly done. Well, so now that you're going to be doing it, are you going to, do you think you're going to do a tour? Are you going to see how it goes? Are you going to be in it? And well, we're going to do that? the European tour. We're doing a European tour starting January, oh, I think 5th. Okay. And then we're oh, doing cool. that for a month. And then there's some other things that are being negotiated. And then maybe uh, go back to Europe or maybe come to America and definitely do another album in 2022. And just kind of just, you know, with the less, not expectations, but less demand. Pressure. You know, less demands, just, you know, keep on doing what we do. So you know? so basically, it's, it's more of a long-term thing. You're going to just kind of take it as it goes. The ebbs and yeah, the no, I mean, this is, I mean it, it, that's the one thing that this uh, break kind of gave me perspective on. It's like, you know, uh I just want to be in this band and we'll just be in this band and whatever happens, we're going to do our best. We do our best every night live. We do our best in the studios and we're just going to do our mm -hmm. best with everything else. And we're just going to stay in it and see what happens. You know, if, um, if I spend the rest of my life doing uh, tours in uh, mid-sized clubs in Europe, I'm okay with that. It's not a bad life. <laughs> no, you know? no, it's not. I mean, the bar has been raised too, as far as years of rock and roll. There's no more retiring early age, isn't it? Like everyone's like in their seventies now. Iggy Pops and your oh, yeah. Stones, and you know. So I mean, there's no retirement age anymore. You know? No, there isn't. I mean, it, it, you know, I had this weird uh, experience in an airport once where uh, we were young. And we were sitting in an airport lounge and uh, there was these guys with these, uh, you know, the, you know, the bowling hats or bowling mm -hmm. shirts. I mean, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were, they were like a fifties doo-wop band, you know, and they were like, yeah. probably, you know, I was young. They were probably my age at that time, what I am now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they came up to us and one of the guys, he was a really sweet guy. He came up to us like, Hey, what are you guys doing? I was like, Oh, we're in a band. We're doing this. And like, that goes great. Yeah, I'm in this band, and 
And you could tell he had been in that band for 30, 40 years. And I was like, so right on, you guys going, you know, yeah, we're going to do a weekend here. And then it's like, okay, so music is your life. Yeah. So like, I'm down with that. Music is my life. I kind of forgot it for like a couple of years there. It was good that I forgot it because I realized, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was like a, a epiphany to me that when I realized that how much it meant to me and how much it, I missed it, I, you know, I was probably a little burnt out and resentful when I stopped. And uh, then I also just like came to me like as clear as, you know, rain, whatever, whatever the saying is that um, it's just what I do. And I need to accept that. <laughs> but it's still admirable. I mean, the music business just crushes every soul. So anyway, that raises well, the flag I mean, that goes out there. You know, is, we could is... have a four-hour conversation about what happened with uh, music placements and music publishing and and how they republished stuff and uh, everything that changed. It was like 10 years ago where they just took the bottom out of everyone, you know, especially yeah. at our level, even on, even on uh, upper levels where, you know, they started re- uh, republishing and adding co you know just the publishing world just became this like shit storm of shit <laughs> yeah. excuse me but that doesn't really matter if you love music you know well it's interesting because it, it, it changes i mean i mean spotify is oh spotify doesn't pay anyone is, is, nobody is pays anyone apple music doesn't right. pay anyone you know right. i'll give you an example i won't be specific but we did this thing for a movie with some incidentals. I think there was one original song to some other tracks that we just kind of redid. And it was two days of work and we got $20,000. Nice. We had a song on The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I remember that. And we got paid, I think it was $675. <laughs> and I don't think they ever really paid us. What? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not sure about them paying us, but but again, Still. you know, the 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 movie that we got twenty thousand dollars for yeah. at a time was a independent movie. It was a great movie, but it was independent. This mm-hmm. is a movie with an Oscar-winning actor, and the pay was like six seventy-five. And it I, should have been the other way around. <laughs> it should have, and that was just like the beginning of the downside of like as far as income streams, but. And that got me bitter at for 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 a long time. I was just like, I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me, you know? I mean, we're we're trying to stay alive here and do stuff. But then again, you know, when I removed myself from the situation, I realized that when I started this, I, you know, yeah, sure, everybody wants a mansion in fucking Malibu, but I, that's not that wasn't my motivation to do this and to make this my life. And I had to rediscover that and, you know, realize that I like to make music. So let's make music. But it's cool to make a couple bucks and, you know, not to work with a mortgage and maybe buy some extra guitars and stuff. You mean, don't have a mansion, oh, yeah. but it'd be kind of cool to enjoy what you're doing, you know. And, no, I mean, you know, that's still, I mean, there's still enough that, you know, no. we're, you know, we're okay, you know. I mean, It's not bad like, to feel that way. I'm saying it's not bad to feel that way. It's, you know. Right. You're not, we're not talking like you know, a Zeppelin there and you're throwing things out the window down at the... <laughs> hotel there and you know it's just more it's like you still have to live and I, I think things I always talk about in the show is people forget that you're still 
No, I was everyone's on the tour bus and it's the mansions. And I always talk about I'm like I'm like cost so much money for a bus. It's like fourteen hundred bucks a day, and there's insurance yeah. and gas and roads and crews. And and then so to complain about the price of a twenty dollar or a fairless shirt is insane because that's where a huge part of the profit comes from is the merchandise. If if the venue's not trying to take a bite out of it too, you know, it's it's really a thing. I always try to point home with the fans to be like support the bands, especially with merch, and go to the shows. And, and, and I think it's hard because. At our age, people are like, I love Rental Bucket or Earth Band. But it'd be like, yeah, it's a Tuesday night, whatever. But I have to work the next day. Doesn't mean I don't love them, but then you're at the show and <laughs> you have a show and not everyone's there that are fans because life. You know, the, right. there's two different opinions. Maybe there won't be a next time if not people come to this venue because it's not financially worth it. You know? And then people are like, where's Rental Bucket? <laughs> well, no, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> a joke I used to have was, you know, like, uh, <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like an asshole. And it's like you're like you know, especially on you know some of the cruises we did. It's like you know, look guys, look across the entire fucking crowd. You know, they all have a better life than we do financially. Mm-hmm. But again, that was me when I was like heading to a dark place. Now I would look at the same crowd and go like, look at this wonderful thing that these people are here to see us and willing to spend money to come see us and all the mm-hmm. other bands and probably 80 85 percent of them wish they could live our lives yeah regardless of the financial thing it's like i have a you know i have a very uh, successful cousin in uh, uh i'm from finland in finland who uh has done very well for himself in business mm-hmm and uh, I, I know, pretty sure he trade all that with me. Let me be the guy in the business suit, and let him be me. He's also a really good guitar player. So, oh, that's he's, the hard part, probably. I mean, yeah, I think there's a trade off there to have everything, or yeah, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, like right now, all we all we really need to do is we need to, you know, music is finally coming back. Live music is finally mm-hmm. coming back. Um, I probably could have said nothing three and a half years ago and let the pandemic happen and no one would have noticed that we stopped <laughs> and then just came back. But uh, I think now it's just a question of let's, you know, enjoy it. Let's get I think it there. actually is better. You know, it, it everyone's like, it, it, everyone's aware it could stop. You know, it's, it's right. a wake up call for, for you guys, usually doing it, not. Well, no one's did... taking it. No one's going to take it for granted. That's for sure. Right. Right. You know, uh, and that includes musicians and promoters and bookers and, agents and buyers and all that and labels and 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 fans you know no one's gonna take mm-hmm. it for granted we're like you know it's like oh you know there's 17 shows coming through my town this month and like i may go to one i don't know maybe i get right. it next time you know maybe it's so now this is a little bit where you know a little bit more awareness about uh if i want to see that band i should probably go see him now because who knows mm-hmm. what's gonna happen you know yeah on many levels, no, and that's uh, my whole point. I got to apologize for my appearance. I was out sweating, mm-hmm. and I wanted to take a shower before this, but then we moved it up an hour. So, this is the best thing. No, it's video, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You think it's not going to bother me? <laughs> and what do you do when you're in concert? Are you all sweaty when people see you, or you have a hair dryer? You're sweaty. Oh, no, it's just no, like no, you're in no. concert, right? Right. Yeah, so it's yeah, just like you're in concert. See? You know, there you go. Yeah, I'm a sweaty yeah. bastard. I sweat while I sleep. I don't know what that's all about, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I sweat when I think. Um, yeah. I think, that, yeah, they're, they're going to appreciate now, I think, on two levels. A, because you, it shows you can just bow out if it's just not working out. You know I mean? it's But I, I think my point is getting earlier with you guys is if fans see you guys are coming, not just with those other bands, but, you know, we're talking about you in particular. Go see you guys if it's on a Tuesday or wherever it is. I actually hope that it'd be nice if you guys can get some of those, those sweet flyout gigs, you know, kind of one of those bills. Oh, yeah, we, say. We, we were doing those and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're kind of trying to figure out and talk to people, especially for America. I mean, Europe, we can hold our own. Um, right. But that's what I mean. In America, those America, are the good gigs. In America, it'd be nice to do, you know, jump on some flyout gigs and mm-hmm. or jump up. You know, jump on if uh, someone's doing a, you know, a tour or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're open for everything. I mean, we know how to play, and it's just been, um, it's been weird without live music. You know, I say with coffee breath. I'm glad people are wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the first thing. I'm like, I hope people realize how bad their coffee breath is now that they're wearing their own mask. Maybe, maybe that'll up it. I had even especially if they, if they have coffee breath and they smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I like to think for myself. I like to find products. Like I want an algorithm telling me, like in iTunes or or whatever, you, you should hear this band. Or mm. I like to find music, or find a a, a a movie on Netflix or Amazon or something. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Naturally, I like to. Remember when you used to do that? You used to find things on your own or discover a band. Oh yeah, or record stores. I just spent yeah. hours in record stores, just, you know, that's when like, you know, record like LP album art made such a huge impact. Cause you know, you, yep. you sometimes bought just the shittiest albums in the world because it's like, wow, look at this cover. Album cover. I can tell you how many heavy metal bands have sold albums because of oh, yeah. the best cover art. I can't tell you how many out money, money I've wasted. Yeah. I got a lot of vinyl. So I, I just bought vinyl a lot. I, you know, I think the best part was you'd open it up. And we were talking about this the other day. We would say, you know, you look at the the liner notes and who did it and who who, who the producers were, and, and that's the kind of stuff. I love, you know, and you see the band tour because the only time they have to take pictures is like they're on the couch and they're they're writing songs in the studio. Or, you know what I mean? It, right. It feels like an experience, you know. Well, when they had like the the, you know, when when it was actually a fold out and they had the yeah, the gate fold. collage, yeah, pictures, and you know, it was like wow, you know, that's and that's great, you know, I mean. They kind of have them with CD booklets, but it's not the same, you know. But like, you then again, then, then, you sound like, oh. then you sound like then, then you end up sounding like you know, or I end up sounding like you know, this grumpy old man going like, oh, you know, I used to walk five miles uphill every day to the school, yeah. and five miles uphill, you know, and, I, and and you have to take the appreciation that I have a phone where I have more music complete albums than i probably ever could have fit in my childhood bedroom that i have access to immediately right. and that's wonderful right now is it diluting music i don't know maybe it's raising the bar to make the competition harder the only thing i don't the only thing i do not like is that the sonic quality of it is and this makes me again sound like a grumpy old man no no i actually this is the conversation i have you're on the needle on that vinyl on a good system and you really hear it compared to you know what's coming out of your iphone or your laptop depression rate right here here's here's your song and here's your here's your cd and then that's the problem with the new bands too it's like you know 
they do that they do that whole thing in there you know and you can't I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant, but you know, I, I, unless it's like Billie Eilish, who I loved when she mm-hmm. came out because she sounded different, but everything sounds the fucking same. It does. It's you well, know, the and thing is, and like I don't know if it's if it's my ignorance or it's the fact that they're all just trying to get into that thing where they sound as strong as they can within the bandwidth that's allowed with an you know iPhone or Android or laptop or what have you. It's changed, and and the music thing is like, um, if you write songs now, you get a, a, a preview now to do stuff. Even like uh, the likes of Desmond Chad, when he sends stuff out to I forgot what he was doing it to, they only have a minute of doing like chopping up their songs to to get the attention. That it's like the time right. flip over is is crazy. It's, but I, I agree. I think look at the seventies, eighties, and the early nineties. Music was varied. You had like say like a Cindy Lauper, Prince. Lover Boy, and then you could have you know Metallica and Van Halen and Motley Crue. Yeah, but there was a revolution there. They all sound different, though. No, no. Well, well, that's one point, and that I want to get to. And the other one, there was a kind of revolution there because pop songs and disco were really formulaic. That's not the right way to say it. Formulaic. Um, But you know, so they 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 were in that whole thing. It's like, hey, you know, we do the intro within you know, 30 or 45 seconds with the chorus yep. and all that. And then, it, you know, punk rock helped a lot, changed it. Hard rock came and all that kind of stuff. But what I, you know, okay. And still, you know, people still do that. And people have always mm-hmm. done that. But what I do miss, like what uh, what you brought up, was that, you know, when Van Halen's song came on, all I needed to hear was the tone of the guitar. And I was yeah. like, all right, that's a Van Halen song. Okay, that's a Judas Priest song. Yeah. Oh, that's ACDC. You know, oh, that's the Eagles. When I heard, you know, yeah. the minute I heard like that tone or and the first, you know, words that Don Henley sang, you know, and Cindy Lauper and and you know and people right. like that. You know, I was a, I have eclectic music taste, which is well, as I was to watch saying there was so much different stuff out there that and now it now I have a hard time differentiating between Miley Cyrus and you know um, whoever else is out there (laughs) that's I'm agreeing with you I don't think there's and I'm as a follower of music myself I think up to up until the past you know whatever decade it has had some kind of difference in pop like it's had different levels you could even have metal with some pop sensibilities obviously look at all you call legacy bands or whatever and musicians had musicians had an individual individuality and right. you know uh, how they sounded and how they mm-hmm. presented themselves and now you know i hear i've like uh klos here in la yeah. um plays new music on whatever i think tuesday um and you hear these songs and some of the songs are good but i cannot tell you if this song was done today or five years ago, because they all sound the same. Mm-hmm. The guitars are all compressed to complete mush, you know, and and it sounds powerful and it's really well done and it's all pro tooled. Everything's in time and everything's wonderful and all that kind of stuff. But and it's a good okay. song, but there's no personality to it. You right. know what I mean? Uh, horrible example: Violent Femmes, not the best musicians. But great songs, you know, 
Yeah. And you would hear and you were like, okay, that's cool. Blur, you know, woohoo, when I feel every metal, you know, it's like, yeah. great individuality. And that's what's kind of lost, you know, so yeah. far. Because I, and, and I don't know if it's the producers are just going, we have to make it sound good on an iPhone. Fuck you, iPhone. I'm, I love my iPhone. I'm sorry. I know. It's, it's a kind of computer, but I'm like, we can stop now. I got no, everything I want now. If he gets mad at me, then I have no contact with the world outside. Um, <laughs> or what you better is. turn off Siri then when you yell at it. Yell at it. <laughs> oh, I, no, no it's, kidding. You know, very mad at you. Next, next thing I know, I'll go outside of my car and start. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, so there's this lack of indiv- individuality, which I uh, really, really um, am kind of concerned about. I don't think it's going to change because, you know, now it's a treat to go into a studio and record analog. I learned to read production on an analog studio. And right when I got done, everything would switch to Apple. Around the same time, Grunge came in for music. Right. I learned production and then like literally everything went digital. And I took a digital class and I'm like, meh. You know what I mean? It was just like, it wasn't the same as like splicing, you know, you know, the old way. And it was yeah, like, no, absolutely. And the yeah, dynamics well, changed in the studio. Of, like, well, I mean, like the, sonically I mean, dynamics. Yeah, the range, you know, I mean, the the spectrum range changed and, and, and all that. I mean, there were advantages to digital because you can manipulate it more, you know, of course, and, and you uh, may have lowered the bar a little bit on bands having to play or people mm-hmm. having to sing. But, um, no, I mean, it, there's going to... See, my hope is... Kim Fowley said a long time ago, and I I'd met Kim Fowley a couple of times, and um, he was a really smart guy. And he he said like this is right after like Guns and Roses hit big, or maybe a year after that. He goes like, you know, where's the next rebel? Where's the next? Where's the next person who's gonna shake this up? Mm-hmm. And I think we had quite a few of them you know, coming from the late 80s to the 90s and all that. And then it kind of just petered out. And they're, they're really, you know, they, I'm, I know they're out there, <laughs> you know? Well, and I mean, from a com- completely musical and musician's point of view, Billie Eilish was one of them. Right. Or ha- has the potential to truly be one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, you know, that was... You know, can I cruise all the channels when I'm driving around aimlessly? And when I heard that, you know, not my cup of tea, of course, um, but I was like, ah, there's someone doing something different, something fresh. Yeah. And, and oh, wow, that's really cool. Now, are they going to take it to another level or do they keep going? On? I, you know, I don't know. It, it, you know, I don't I really didn't listen to a lot of it. I just heard like the first two songs. It's like, wow, that's, that really stands out. But I right. want to hear that in rock. And so I, I, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to happen because unless you have a few bands out there, I think are trying to do it. Like, I, I don't know, like, yeah, like Dirty Honey or, or, or Greta Van. You know, a lot of those bands are kind of got that rock sound to them. Are, are they going to go back more bands like that? Are, they, are bands going to start carrying the torch and going back and being like analog? more guitars, martial amps, or pedals. Are, it, are, because that's the only way things are going to change and be a little different. If everyone's going the full digital route, it's not yeah. going to change. 
you know? And I think that's why bands, and that's why there's a relevance of this conversation because you're still a real band. You sound like you. Right. No, I appreciate that. You know, the, I had this weird thought the other day where I was like, somebody came up to me and, and uh, well, not somebody, my wife came up to me and said that, um, <laughs> she's somebody, somebody. Um, you know, she was like, we, a we, confidence we, builder. Watched, we had watched the Grammys and she was like, I don't understand what all the, uh, R and B artists and, and rap artists are doing. They're doing like these mini operas and all that. And she was, I don't get it. And I go like, and I, I agreed with her at first. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't, you know, not my thing. I don't get it. But then I thought about it for a couple of days and I went like, you know, I mean, you can look at like Buddy Holly and the Crickets where they were and then where Rock ended up with like, let's say Pink Floyd, The Wall. Right. Wow. And so, yeah. Okay. So you look, you know, they as artists are trying to push what it's just not my cup of tea and I don't really get it and I don't really appreciate it or, you know, I respect it, but I, you know, so, all right. Okay, but it's kind of, I think, just like operatic operatic rock and, and what they were doing at the Grammys is kind of, I think, played its course. It's time for... I, just I, want, I didn't see the Grammys. I, is I it like... Want like, you know, four really fat, transgender, Asian-Finnish women to form the ultimate punk hate band. <laughs> and rule the world and i will be in the front row you know i, I mean i'm making a joke but i'm saying like you know, I know. I just, i'm just waiting you know i mean we're gonna do what we do because we love what we do and we've done it a long time and the people appreciate it and i love doing it and i'm you know certainly not going to lead the revolution because this is you know this was my revolution a long long time ago you know come out of Finland and do that but I'm 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 really really hoping for um someone to pick up, and pick up and the flag. Like, there's yeah. a yeah there's a there's a great quote I think it was Martin Scorsese said uh it, I can't remember after what movie he had won something or maybe he didn't win but he said like you know and again send the hate mail I'll give you my email whatever but if I if I, I I'm paraphrasing but I think this is what he said. He goes, somewhere in Idaho, there's a fat girl with a video camera. And she's going to make the next great American movie. And I understand now what he meant. It's like this unadulterated young artist, yeah. male or female, fat or thin or whatever. He, he was being he, insulting and inspiring at the same time. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, but his point was that, you know, the yeah, talent I, is out there. Mm-hmm. So and that and that may be one of the things that you know. Unfortunately, the internet offered so much promise for like all that kind of talent to come forward, and to um, you know to have a platform, but then when everybody did it, right, it can't you be have, found. You could have a million ten-year-olds and twelve-year-olds that play guitar like better than I could ever imagine. Right. You want to take your guitar, throw out right. the window, and the car drive there, over it. There probably is the greatest young or right. old or whatever rock band somewhere from that Mongolian band though. I love that. Oh, I know you talk about, yeah, they're awesome. They are. So, I mean, it's a little gimmicky, 
but they are, you know, but the sound. If, I mean, if, it, if it's authentic, then I apologize for that thing. If it's like they were professionals and kind of figured out something, even though I still love it. I think it's fantastic. But it's somewhere like, else, woo, something? Yeah. the next fucking Beatles, but we'll never know because <clears throat> they used to be like, <clears throat> uh, uh, what was it? Uh, 35 to 45,000 albums released a year. This is when they did albums. And now there's probably that many songs or things released a month yeah. from everyone. So, you, you know, how do you filter? How do you find it stuff? I think like everything else is going to blow up. And I think that's why rock bands right now, whether you call them heritage or legacy, whatever you want to call them, I call them live music. They sing without voice effects. They yeah. tune up their guitar, their strings break. They have a bad day. They're human beings. They write lyrics that are personal. Right. It's, it's rock and roll. It's dirty. It's, 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 it's good. It's happy. It's everything. But it's not pretty. It's not polished. And for a while, people didn't like it. But it's the only thing that's holding, holding up. Right. No, exactly. And that, that was one thing that really cracked me up about the Grammys, too. And I, I hate to go back to this. Old I time. can't believe you're watching the Grammys still. Like I, any award shows at this point. Oh, I was. Being a musician of, of all people to be like, oh, my I God. I was completely bored and my wife wanted to see it. And I was like, OK. Justify yourself. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I'm not judging. <laughs> oh, I understand. No, but I mean, like everyone got so upset about I was at Cardi B and that whole like lesbian um simulation kind of thing is like I didn't even oh see it, that's yeah. so bad and that's so wrong and and all that and I was just like laughing my ass off I'm like wait a minute it's like what are you fucking you know fuck you it's like Elvis came out and shaked his hip and people thought he was the devil yeah. and wanted to you know the Beatles had long hair the Rolling Stones had longer hair you know Zeppelin worshipped the devil and all that kind of stuff it's like come on yeah okay was it appropriate no but neither was you know a lot of other stuff that's happening in rock and roll, you know, Alice Cooper's fucking phenomenal, you know, a guillotine on stage. Really? Is that, you know? And awesome. so like, I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. I was like, okay, well you got attention. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. The song sucked, but you know, that's just me again. Send the hate. You know, George Salivo, gmail.com. Go ahead. Send me all your hate. I'm into it. Send me your hate email. That's funny. I know. That's <laughs> awesome. You hate me. You hate me. That's awesome. <laughs> this is this has been fun, George. I'm, I'm glad I get to talk. And that's part of the thing with the show is people like having an artist talk and share. You know. Yeah. So no, I really appreciate this conversation and this interview a lot more because it's not just like, I oh, you know what's Rhino Bucket doing. The reality is like, what did Rhino Bucket do the last four years? Well, not a lot. You know, we weren't, you know, we were in touch. What are we going to do now? Well, we're going to go on this tour. We're going to hopefully do these other things and we're going to make an album. Great. Okay. Now let's fill out the time. But you and I have been able to have a really nice conversation. Yeah, thank you. And, and that's what I enjoy because, you know, talk about, you know, things that are relevant to both of us and mm-hmm. things that, you know, maybe people listening would like to hear, like how we feel about. I have, you know, Let's sum it up. I have no problem with risque and inappropriate appearances on TV. Um, I'm hoping for somebody to burst out, some young people to burst out and do something. I have very little faith in that. Um, oh, wow. My wish list just stopped. 
the first album I ever bought, I was, uh, let's see, my uh, parents were divorcing. So it was, I, I grew up in Finland in L.A. And my parents were divorcing in L.A. So I went back to Finland for a year and a half. And I was 10. And I bought, um, I must have been 11, maybe, because, and I, I remember walking, we lived in this, uh, in Helsinki, in Finland, and uh, like, uh, not out in the woods, like in the suburbs, you know, not downtown. And I walked through this field, and I went to this huge uh, place called uh, Maxi Market at the time, and I bought my first album. You know, my uncle had a record player, and he promised me that he would bring it over to my grandpa. I was staying with my grandparents, uh, and he would he would bring it over so I could you know had headphones so I could listen to my first album. And God damn it, that first album was Abba Waterloo. I like Abba, so I'm gonna uh, no, you know, I, I do like too. Abba I mean, no, but, it's weird, but I think I think it's a it's a it's a requirement to keep your passport if you're anywhere from Fennoscandia or Scandinavia that you have to like Waterloo uh, or Abba. And then um, you know I actually listened to their catalog about. I think it was a year ago. I, I went on this just weird thing where I was like, "A deep dive." I do them all the time. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of mm, sugary stuff, but there's some really, really amazing musical stuff there. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, you know, um, I remember because it was snowing, and I remember walking, you know, and the shortcut was through this field, and I'm walking this field, and I've got like. You know, I'm hoping I got enough money because my grandmother gave me money. She's like, well, how much is it? And this was still was Finnish marks it's before euros, you know, decades before euros. And I'm hoping I get, you know, I got enough money and I go there and I, I find it and I buy it and it's still wrapped in a plastic and I, you know, run home and hope I don't break it. And, and that kind of excitement is, you know, a treasure I carry with me. Yeah. And that's the, you know, and that's that's what I'm hoping that you know we can bring back to music for people that are getting introduced to it and well, that's the know, inspiration i'm not going to be selfish it doesn't have to be hard rock it doesn't have to be you know this but i don't I, that's this thing is like i don't i don't know if we're going to get that because it's so it disposable now you know it should be everything it should be everything one of the things i always say and i like to say there's no such thing and you always go what's your most uh embarrassing or your what's on your on your you're hidden, you know, like on your, on your playlist, what, like, what's the one you're most embarrassed about? You know what I mean? Or whatever. You know, you hear people oh. say that like it was here. I, I don't believe in that. You have nothing to be embarrassed for music. I always say, right. I mean, I have, again, like, I, I love everything. Prince. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, <laughs> Testament. I mean, come I, on. Of course, I love the, 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 you, you know, everybody knows what I'm supposed to like. And believe me, I like it. I love it. But then I got all these other things like I love right. ABBA, I love Kate Bush. Yeah, it's just, Kate Bush is awesome. Real like really morbid band from New York called the Swans. I know who they. They're awesome. I I loved the Swans. Oh my god, I they are they are pretty dark. They get pretty dark. They, they are they are really god. dark. Talk you know, about they, commercial viability. They like, <laughs> that's not in their neighborhood. <laughs> no, they, when they started the band, they were like, okay, first off. We're not going to make money, <laughs> you know? or have fans. Like, Ugh, until well, we're like what's gone. an old joke? Like, how do you make a million dollars playing jazz? Well, first you start with two million. <laughs> <laughs> that one I haven't heard. That's a good one. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, brother. Take care. You too. All right, bye. Bye.